1: Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kissed and Solak show. This is episode 222, brought to you by the five folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kiss. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kissed NFL. That's K I S T, as always. Joined by the best doggone co host in the game, Mr. Tenure Streak without a bad day is. Benjamin Solak, follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S O L A K band reunited, and it feels so good. How you doing? I want to say
2: that was like that was that was fun. It was a very like standard intro. I felt like I'd never left. Right? there's no like special. Oh, it's a unique out for the season. Whatever. Just like yeah, this is the intro that we do on the podcast that we still do all the time, and we regularly do. <laughs>
1: This is totally normal. Nothing has yep. changed. And for, for the gentle listeners, let's kind of qualify this because there has not been a Kiss and Solak show in the feed for a while. Twitter is fake, and some people exist outside of Twitter. I don't know how they do it. I couldn't do it. I would love to be able to do it. Remember but, when
2: you got the job and you were like, I'm just never going to be on Twitter ever again? You know <laughs> what you were doing yesterday, Mike? You were tweeting during the game.
1: <laughs> that's right. I was at the bar live tweeting the game. I yeah, like poking poking Cowboys fans uh, a little bit. But for for the listener that – Does not know the news and and we're entering the season and they see that there's a Kisten Solak show on their feed. Uh, Basically, what has happened is the Kisten Solak show is no more. Uh, So when the game happens on Sunday, you're going to get an instant reaction streaming to all the different platforms put up on the podcast feed. And that's going to be with a new addition to BGN, Eitan Shander. And I want to welcome him to the uh, to the family here. And then also Jessica Town. Uh, is going to be in that role as uh, as a sidekick there, and Jessica just did a fantastic job on the uh, on the post game stuff for the preseason stuff. Has done a great job here at BGN for for years now, so I'm really excited for. For that opportunity for her to kind of step up and, and step into the shoes that m- me and ben uh wore for a while uh i've been promoted to executive producer at sb nation so i oversee the 200 different podcast feeds um that that we uh that we have here working directly with our full-time audio producers that we have deployed rachel Privet here at bgn being one of them she's been um amazing did an excellent job in, a, in an interview with jalen hurts that is in the feed recently as yeah. well so Congrats to her for for really stepping up for that one, um, Benjamin Solak. Ben, yeah, you, know, you obviously have some some news as well that you can we can act like is new, but let's let's share it.
2: Yeah, did you notice something new, different about <laughs> you? I did not plan this. This was the top hat on the pile because I just we're, moved. So we're
1: my doing. We're, we're doing video and Ben is wearing a ringer hat. And that is that is what's happening. If you're a podcast listener, Ben is making on, uh, visual jokes. Uh, but Ben, to <laughs> tell, tell tell us about what you're doing at the ringer.
2: They've, they've promoted me and I still don't know that people on podcasts can't see me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I was uh, uh, very excited to get started at the ringer this summer as I started there in the beginning of August, which I was at. I was here and then I was obviously at the Draft Network as well for people who follow just my my straight up draft stuff. Uh, which like it was awesome here and it was awesome at the draft network and I would have worked there forever and been very, very happy forever. Um, But the ringer was a really big opportunity for me to uh, jump up to doing national NFL coverage, which is a lot of fun. Uh, So now I'm on the ringer NFL show feeds twice a week. I'm on Mondays for recaps, right? So we'll record right after Sunday night and we'll recap the entire NFL. And then on Fridays, I'm on the ringer NFL show uh, with Stephen Ruiz and Kaelin Jones going through the Preview, right? So very similar to what we would do for our Eagles preview, offense versus defense, defense versus offense. What are we looking for? What are the schemes? What are the matchups? What are the trends? What are the bold predictions? That's everything that's on that Friday show from a league perspective. And then very similar to our Monday uh, instant recap show. We don't do three words, which kind of sucks. But the rest is pretty similar, right? Here's what happened. Here's why it happened. Here's what's interesting about it. Here's what it might mean. And so for everybody who enjoyed that uh, archetype and maybe wants to see that on a national scale, uh, I'd love to have you. I'd love to have you subscribe. We're doing a ton of fun there. And then on Wednesdays, I'm on the uh, Ringer Gambling Show, which is a separate feed, but it's NFL gambling. And again, that's my takes on the league, but it's from a gambling perspective. And we all know that Ben's a degenerate gambler. Uh, and so they, uh, they have officially given me a feed now, which... That got announced, and my mom just texted me, and it was just a gambling show in all caps, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, and I was like, ah, dang. Um, But anyway, don't let your mom follow you on Twitter. And, yeah, I'm at the ring right now doing that podcast stuff and then writing uh, about the league, and I'll be writing about the draft as well when that season comes around. Uh, So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of what I've gotten to do previously and what I've really enjoyed doing, but I get to do it from a national perspective, which is super fun. So it's a great team there. I'm very excited to be there. And I'm also really excited for BGN Radio as well, because like in a very non cursory way, like it's really cool to see who the feed's gotten handed off to and how well it's doing. So congrats to you all, man
1: yeah they're they're absolutely crushing it and um i i have no worries coming into the season about this trade i mean i i see the downloads every day and i and i see the audience growth and everything like that and I, and I know the talent um that we have uh in place here so i'm I'm very excited for that and i feel like we've built a bench over the years and we've made the right hires that you know we can we can withstand uh, uh michael kist or uh, uh benjamin solak uh, leaving to do some some different stuff Ben, you mentioned your 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 mom was maybe surprised about the the gambling show is that the worst kept secret on the planet? How did she not know that you're a degenerate gambler?
2: Oh, uh, no, she knew. And every time, like, I would like call them during the season. Like, my dad's one of the dads who just like totally non sequiturs conversations because he just wants to know, like, you know, he's like, I'm not dealing with like transitioning this. So we'd be in the middle of a conversation. He'd be like, Did you bet this week? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I can bet every week. He's like, what'd you do? I'm like, I lost money this week. I'm like, you should stop. Like, that's not how you got to keep going. Like, that's part of it. Um, and so they're both very concerned that I'm just going to gamble myself into, into destitution and poverty, uh, <laughs> which I don't plan on doing. But it's not a good start uh, for week one of the NFL season, if we're being honest. Uh, but no, it's um, it, it wasn't a kept secret so much as uh, I think her main concern, as she communicated to me, was that like I would give bad advice and then people would find where I lived and killed me. Like that was kind of where her mind went. I was like, I don't really think that's how. It happens, but what do I know? We'll find out if I'm living next year.
1: That's amazing. So we, we are going to talk about uh, the game that we saw last night. Look, I, I'm going to tell you right now, gentle listener, I have zero notes for this. And normally I would set the table and be like, we're going to do A, B, and C. And then, you know, Ben came on before the uh, before we started and he was like, what are we talking about? Well, I'm like, I'm not exactly sure, but we could do some stuff and we can talk about some uh, some Eagles uh, over under on their win totals and, and whatnot. But we did kind of want to qualify what we're up to now if you weren't in the know as we start the season and listeners start to, start to filter back. Uh, back in uh to the feed. Um and just really just say how excited we are for for the state of of BG and kind of pass the torch there and just get together one more time before the season, like we promised the uh the gentle listeners uh we would and just kind of give our thoughts and whatnot. Uh you might not want to hear my thoughts because you know obviously we're it's it's funny because people talk about like BLG and PGN gets together and they all decide to like trash a player or trash the Eagles Uh or whatever the case may be. I don't know what, what conversation BLG has with his direct boss, but I know my conversations with my boss is like, we're in the hope business, right? We're selling hopium on the streets to people. We're 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 you know hope merchants. Uh, that that's that's what gets us to this point. Where at the beginning of the season, there's so much interest in the season because naturally throughout the off season, and we know this from our SB Nation reacts you know polls and surveys and whatnot. People's confidence level in the team goes up and up and up in the offseason when literally nothing has happened. It's just that separation of time from the team being bad to where we are right now. And I think we're seeing that um, with the Eagles. And maybe I'm going to be a little bit negative on this show, so I apologize for that. But that's that's my just gut feeling on it. Um, ben, when you kind of like think about what this team can be this year, I kind of think it's a punt year. And I think it's a punt year because the Eagles have the most dead cap in the NFL teams that have done that recently or have had that cap situation. They have the rosters that reflect it. I think we saw some of that in the preseason with the Eagles, right? You watch them get blown out by the Patriots because they don't have the, they don't have the quality depth and preseason doesn't mean anything to me or anything like that. But I thought it was very, very clear that there are some deficiencies on this roster because of that cap situation. And people say that Howie Roseman had a good offseason. I would say, how because there was there, there was no money to spend there was right. nothing to do he put himself in this position this is this is tied in with the criticisms with his other off seasons this is we're in a bad spot because of howie roseman so when i look at this year i see it as a punt because right next next year Right, It's a totally different situation cap wise. You can spend some money. You've got a a clear picture on some players, whether that be Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager, uh, Jordan Mailata, whatever the case may be. I feel like they'll be in a much better position next year to kind of rebuild this thing up. Is it a punt year to you, Ben, or are you a little bit more hopeful than me?
2: Look Look at how quickly he settled right back in. So like, you know, his tirades, like how we this and everything that You tried to do at, at first, he'd be like, oh, like, I look at stats now, I look at polls and then immediately bang, right back to good stuff. Um, I agree that it's a punt year. Punt years aren't necessarily bad, right? Like, it, you know, we frame it as like a punt in the sense of like, all right. We know we're not doing anything on this drive, i.e. scoring a touchdown, so we're going to punt. We know we're not winning a Super Bowl this year, so we're going to do something else to put us in a better position for over the course of this game, right, over the course of just the franchise's duration. In this instance, it's clearly starting the young guys, right? Like the oldest Eagles receiver is 24. Right. Right. Like it wouldn't have been hard to find a vet men free agent to come in and like beat Chris Conley and come play for us for a year and like give us a veteran presence. They elected not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you could have talked about like what that meant for Jalen Hurts' development because certainly Hurts is another like young player they're trying to figure out, but they liked him to go young. Sirianni believes he's a guy that can develop receivers. It's where he's made his hay over the course of his coaching career. And so he wants the young guys in the room and he wants time with them. He wants reps with them because he wants to make them better. Uh, and if he does that, he feels like, all right, I've done my job for this year. I've, I've, I've hit my goals for this year. Now we can go forward into year two. And hey, if we got Jalen Rager right, and Devontae Smith is good. Why does he that big of a need for us? And that's huge because... Why I see a has been a big need for us for a while. We got a bunch of needs on this team, so if we can, like you know, eliminate that need across the course of this year with the coaching, with the with the rest, the opportunity, then you know we've we've won this year according to the goalpost that we've set. We're not trying to win divisions or conferences or playoff games or championships, but that's that's the goalpost that we're trying to set. So in that way, certainly it is. I do think that the the best way that I can construe it is for every Eagles fan who is really big on like. They can make it overachieve this year. They can exceed expectations this year. I don't disagree. Like, there's absolutely a world where this team is a weirdly good 10-win team because the, the defensive front stays healthy, eats bad offensive lines alive. We've seen that before. We've seen it win in a couple games before. The offensive line stays healthy. They're able to run the football down people's throats. They've really shown no heavy signs of being a heavy QB run team, which is frustrating. But if they have that in their back pocket and they've been saving it during the preseason, which would be great and smart, I'd appreciate, uh, they could be a really, really good running team. They can't be like the Ravens, but hers Hurts is a problem in the ball in his hands. So you could have great offensive line, great running game, great defensive line, and yours beat the bad teams. you win a couple against the good teams. You'll be able to, to, to do some cool stop play action pass-wise. Your running game is so good. And yeah, you win nine games, you win 10 games. Like that reality does exist. I give you that reality. I think it's a really narrow reality because it requires so much health from your older players. And then also it requires your weak spots, wide receiver, corner, arguably like running back a little bit as well, to not be like debilitatingly bad. And then I look at, Receiver out of the corner, and I see a lot of more realities in which those positions are are detriments to the team than they are just like league average units. So the reality exists that this is a competitive year, and they'll certainly investigate it. I just think it's 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 a slim uh, channel to hit, as it were.
1: Yeah, and you know there are positive things that you can take away from this this season right they can they can still compete and and be in games and kind of figure things out as as the year goes on and and improve as the team as a team as the year goes on and i mean getting an answer at left tackle if it's Jordan Mailata that's no small feat especially if he's as good as we think he's he's going to be getting an answer at quarterback with Jalen Hurts and watching him improve over the season would be fantastic like there there are those tweets it's like you know they 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 do the lineup of the players and it's like who's going to stop this offense and I saw one for the Eagles one day and I'm like uh, probably a lot of people yeah uh, to start to start the season but that's but that's fine let, let, let's not let our expectations go like crazy and, and understand what we're trying to accomplish here because this was one of the worst First offenses in the league last year. If Sirianni and and Hertz and and, and the wide receivers that are there and, and the contribution they get from the tight ends and the protection and the run blocking they're able to get from the line, if that allows them to be even a league average. Offense. That is a huge step. That's a huge positive step, um, in the right in the right direction. And I would be th- I would be thrilled with that, right? Because I think this year, you know, Nick Sirianni, and we're going to talk more about him, but Nick Sirianni in, in this young coaching staff is in a really hard position. And I'm really kind of withholding judgment from them, right? I kind of want to see how it evolves, the mistakes they make within the first you know eight nine weeks, and then I want to see what happens on the back half of the season the season have they figured stuff out or there are they are they evaluating the personnel to a point where now we have some some firm, firm answers are just like we know what's going on is the execution better are there less penalties do we look more cohesive is there an identity um are the players buying in is there trouble in the locker room like what's going on to to, to that extent is something that I think we don't figure out until the second half of the season so I want to reserve judgment on Sirianni but I'm also concerned about Sirianni and I, and I have, I told you before the show that I have some, mm. some rapid fire takes, so I might as well, uh, start there. Cause I want to see if you have the same concern that I have, uh, with Sirianni. My first, my first take, and I just, I just wrote down bullet points, you know, throughout or, over the weeks and whatnot. Um, Nick Sirianni's Ascension is super weird. Let's, mm. let's talk about that because where okay. he goes from what an IUP high school wide receivers coach to Kansas city quality, offensive quality control coach, like out of nowhere like what is that about how did him and Taylor uh, todd haley hook up what's what's going on with that relationship and uh, and look I'm, I'm not i'm not saying this but like todd haley by the way this is just a sidebar todd haley has a super interesting um open life uh super fun dude it seems like really enjoying his post football career um yeah, Shout out, Todd, living your best life um, after after the NFL. But that's like a weird dynamic to me. And then he, and then he goes up, he goes up, and, and 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 even with the Colts, like the Colts didn't have this like bombastic, earth shattering. We got to hire this offensive guru that Frank Reich is 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 grooming type of year. They had a pretty doggone good year. They got a pretty doggone good year out of out of Philip Rivers. I like the offense. I like Sirianni. Nobody else was calling Sirianni. Right. And like guys like Brian Dable, who me and Ben were like, holy crap, we would love for for Dable to be able to come to, to Philadelphia, the, the Bills offensive coordinator. From what we hear, the Bills rejecting the Eagles request to interview him was Dable just saying, no, I don't I don't want to go talk to that team right yeah. now. Right. And and part of it, I think, is because of the mess of the organization that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have created. And they had to go hire a guy that nobody else was interviewing. And part of that to me, right? With Howie Roseman, he doesn't want another Chip Kelly type type of guy, right? Because that challenged his authority before when things were starting to go wrong for him. And he almost got booted the heck out of there. Now I'm worried personally that Nick Sirianni is going to be like clay in Howie Roseman's hands. He's going to be a yes, man. He's going to be a puppet. He's going to be happy to be here type, type of guy. And like, he could still do a good job, but he's also probably going to, Howie's going to probably try to walk all, all over this guy. Am I, am, I, am I wrong in being concerned about that? I mean, because I like Sirianni. I like the energy. I think he's got the temperament for the job. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of just concerns there. And and he's going to be handcuffed and, and and walked over by Howie, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> what? But the thing is, like, it, to me, like, this entire conversation is independent of Sirianni, right? right? Like, the Eagles don't have a head coach. They fired Doug Peterson. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie running the search. Given what we know about the Roseman Peterson era Eagles, uh, when Peterson was hired, it was somebody that would be uh, uh, good for the offense and good for the locker room. But like they didn't have a lot of faith in him to be like a decision maker, right? Like they wanted Jim Schwartz to run the whole defense. And then after the 2016 season, they were like, hey, maybe Jim Schwartz would run the team. He should be the head coach, right? Peterson never had the level of influence over the roster that you would expect for a Super Bowl winning, generally successful head coach, right? When you're a rookie head coach, whatever, fine. But like the better you do and he won a championship, which is the best that you could do, the usually more you get like input into how the offense should be constructed from a roster building perspective. So once that job is opened, A, your Brian Davles of the world are going to go, Okay, well, I'm not going there. Because yep. I, I like, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan was on uh, the Flying Coach podcast produced by the Ringer baby uh, <laughs> with uh, Sean McVay and, and uh, uh, Peter Schrager. And he said a lot of really, really cool stuff. But the one thing that always really, really stick out to me was how, like, he didn't think he was going to take the Niners job before he took the Niners job because he was really, really oriented on having control over, like, front office stuff, like, having roster, but like, he like, knew what he wanted. And he went to the Niners interview and was like, this is what I want. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when you're like a good coordinator, when you're a coach that's, that's in want, like in vogue, right? Like people, people want to bring you in. You can dictate and the Eagles weren't able to bring in any of those coaches that were a hot commodities, right? Like they didn't even try to interview the enemy because right. there's no way Reed and Peterson would have told the enemy like, yeah, go over this. It's going to be great for your career. Like, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Eric Air Enemy is the coordinator of the Chiefs under Reed. So I think independent of who Sirianni is and what his vibe is, always the guy that they hired is going to be a, a, a third fiddle to Howard Roseman and to Jeffrey Lurie in terms of football decisions, how the team should be built and why it should be built that way. Uh, I, in the same way that like, I like Doug's vibe, like Sirianni's vibe. Yeah. In the same way that I like Doug's offense, I like Sirianni's offense. So. so I think that the Eagles can do good designs and I think they can, and, you know, uh, you know, get, get like good locker room vibes and like, you know, have everybody in alignment and whatever, not having to deal with Carson, obviously, and like kind of how that whole situation unfolded will certainly help. Jalen seems like he's like really like, you know, an eddy steady guy. But to me, like this isn't a conversation about Sirianni. It's a conversation about the Eagles will always be playing from behind in the coaching carousel cycle because of the reputation a general manager has created for himself around the league.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I, and I agree. I like Sirianni. We don't know how these things are going to go. Right. The fan base at one point, everybody wanted Ben McAdoo. And we ended up with Doug Peterson. Everybody was like, ho-hum vanilla ice cream. Well, you know, and he ends up winning the Super Bowl. So And he
2: fed his team a lot of vanilla ice cream and it worked.
1: That's right. Full That's right. circle. They they bought in to the ice cream uh, buy in with the Kisten Solak show and stay after the break, because we're going to talk wow. about, talk about some more. Yeah, that was terrible. We're going to talk about, I'm rusty, man. Come on, man. It's been four months since I've recorded the podcast. We're going to talk about some more of my, of my takes that I have on my list here. We're also going to talk about some dude that said some really nasty stuff and looked really wrong. That's coming up next here on the Kiston Solak show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. And we are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, episode 222, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, let's kind of like go through these rapid fire takes and you can give me your, your quick thoughts because we've got about 15 minutes here. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the man, but he's not the guy. True or false?
2: True. If I'm reading it correctly, which is to say that he's awesome and we love him and we hope he's really good. And I think he's going to be a really good backup quarterback forever, but I just don't think, in terms of how you want to build your team, he's the ideal starting quarterback.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I love the guy. I really, really do. And we, we appreciate him. Uh, the interview with Rachel was great. We yeah. thank him for doing that.
2: And as my wife reminds me every time he gets on the screen, he's extremely handsome. Yeah. Good looking dude.
1: My confidence level in Jalen Hurts just goes through the roof every time I hear him talk, every time I see him, yeah. every time there's a quote up there from him. I, I think he's like, I, like I said on, on Twitter, no crap the locker room has bought into this guy, right? right? I buy into him every time I hear him speak and then I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't I wanna And that's how he was in Alabama. That's how he was in
2: right. Oklahoma. I mean, that, that was expected and spite as he's delivering on that. Now, like he got better as a passer, Alabama Oklahoma got like, Better as a passer, Oklahoma to Eagles year one to keep that going because we, we we got strides to take in terms of the, the passing game for sure
1: yeah Devonta smith's pencil legs scare me true or false
2: yeah i mean so i i Devonta is my wide receiver three i uh, in this past class adam below chasing below waddle and it had nothing to do with talent It had everything to do with uh it's really difficult for me to believe that that player puts together a 10-year 16 game per season 17 game per season career on the league which it's worth noting Injury risk is a run with every player. doesn't matter what they look like. Uh, and so it's like, you know, trying to prognosticate that is tough and trying to, uh, uh, you know, build around that is tough. But at the end of the day, like, he was in Alabama. They couldn't put weight on him. This is how heavy he's always going to be. And yeah. the league may be more spaced out and lighter than it was before, but it's still a violent game. Uh, and, and I do worry about his ability. I think he's going to look great day one. I think he's going to be awesome when he's out there. I can't wait to watch him. I just worry about when he incurs that first injury, as every player does, what the rehab process looks like and how he's able to come back successfully.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be electric on the field, man. I mean, his releases, his route running, all that stuff. I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's up there. But it just like I can't see those legs without going, like, man, I wish I could just, like, just shove peanut butter and jelly sandwiches down his face. Um, it's time to accept that Miles Sanders is mediocre, and that's okay. Agree or disagree?
2: I wouldn't say mediocre, just because to me, mediocre is like he is that. Like, he, to me, he's inconsistent.
1: Let's, right? okay, let's talk about that. I think he's good enough to bust off some big runs. I think he's an yeah. a, an explosive playmaker. However, from down to down, there's a wild variance in, in what can in what can happen there, whether it be, you know, running or, you know, leading the league in drops as a receiver, right?
2: Yes, yeah. right. I, I very much agree. Uh, Marlon Mack was the player I come to uh, running back for Indianapolis out of UCF. Which oh, yeah. maybe, it might be hard to remember Marlon Mack because Jonathan Taylor just 100 percent taking a shot.
1: But Mack had amazing right. splash plays in college, but like the play to play was bad.
2: Yeah. Uh that's that's the thing, is it, it's I think that Sanders is gonna get like some, you know, good angles with the prep for Jalen Hurts and under read option side, so he's gonna rip off some big plays. I think that I mean it's good, like you can find pull any play, any game 2020. He'll be behind like good run blocking, even when the Eagles offensive line injuries were at their worst. And he's just not regularly making the right decision with the right timing, and it's been a couple of years now, right? So yeah. I, I still have like I still think that he could well become a good player. It's rare that we see a leap at this stage in your career, but he could become that player. I think he's always going to be a helpful player to have around, but that's usually what you want your change of pace guy to be. And right now, he's not the change of pace guy. I think this backfield gets very, very committee-y early. That's how Sirianni ran it in Indianapolis, and I think Boston Scotts can be a big part of this team. I know everybody's excited about Kenny game But Scott's taken almost all the second-team reps throughout camp in the preseason, and he looks good.
1: Yeah. You know we love Boston Scott here. we got to shout our boy out. Um, Here's another one. I don't know even why I have this written down. You don't have to be a dick about Zach Ertz. So, guys, don't be a dick about whatever's going on with with Zach Ertz. I'm not sure when I typed that out. Maybe it was because he wanted to be traded (laughs) or whatever the case may be. But, like, take it easy on the guy. If he wants out, like, I get it.
2: (laughs) I, uh, yeah, no. I really greatly enjoyed his press conference. He was like, listen – I love Philly. And I've always <laughs> wanted to retire here. Like, okay. Well, like, I believe you that you love Philly. and I believe that you always want to retire here. I do believe that you got over that feeling at some point in the past off season and we're willing to go elsewhere. Yeah. And now, you know, you kind of are, are falling in line and honestly, like Jalen hurts and like his improvements throughout camp and his vibe probably does help with that. Right. Cause he doesn't feel like I've got to like deal with this bad rook, second round pick rookie, whatever. But yeah, I mean, like, I agree. You don't have to be annoying about Jalen Hurts. You don't have to like, or excuse me, about Zach Hurts. You don't have to like constantly bring up this and that, whatever. Uh if brother wants to go play somewhere else where the you know like the the vibes are a little bit better, and he's a Super Bowl championship in his sights. Cough Buffalo, and cough. Go for it, man. Like I wish you prosperous success. Yeah,
1: and I think Buffalo would be a great place for him. I would really like to see him uh, in that offense and kind of have a a, a career resurgence because last year he was just he's just not with it, man. And I don't, I don't know what was going on there. Um, all right. Last one. Stop calling players soft unless it's Andre Dillard.
2: <laughs> Brother. I, uh, I was reflecting on this the other day. I've predicted a lot of players be good coming out of the draft and been wrong. We can think of a couple, maybe off the top of our head who played wide receiver and running back for the Eagles respectively. <laughs> I am usually I wish I was good at figuring out the good players. I'm not, right. but I'm good at figuring out the bad players. And just Dillard, he looks exactly like I thought he was going to look in the league. He didn't want the smoke in the Pac-12. <laughs> You're playing offensive tackle in the National Football League, brother. Yeah. Um, really excited to watch Jordan Milata this year. Uh, I think that Milata is always just going to be like a, a middle-tier tackle. Uh, it's not dissimilar to Alejandro Villanueva, who was like the Eagles' reclamation project tackle before Milata, You yep. know, an Army vet who like wanted to play in the league, had decided to do it. Ended up being like, a fine tackle for the Steelers he signed a six million dollar one-year deal with the Ravens. Like he's just gonna be like a journeyman, veteran Sorry, he's gonna be fine. I think Maylotta becomes that, like that's obviously a humongous success for a seventh round pick. I still I don't think he's like gonna be Peters, but I'm very excited for Maylata. Love him. He's one of my favorite players ever to talk to. I've talked to like six players, so it's not really that big. Um but yeah, with Dillard, it's just uh, this is like an example of where. A lot of football guy GMs get a lot of stuff wrong and it's nice having a, a guy like Howie who's more analytical and whatever, but sometimes you do need the football guy influence and this is an example where somebody should have been telling you you don't can't trade up for this tackle. He just doesn't have it to hang in the in the NFL, which is a shame.
1: Yeah. And if and if we could kind of because I wasn't as high on Dillard as as everybody else, I was a lot lower. I I, I think I said it would be great if he could be drafted in the twenty five to forty range, because I think that's where he belongs. Drafted slightly earlier in that because he slid because I guess a lot of football guy guys, you know, in the interview process and, and and talking with people around him kind of figured figured that out. And we don't have access to that information, but we could kind of tell like. Maybe this guy doesn't want the smoke, and apparently he doesn't want the smoke. And he's losing out to a seventh rounder that didn't play football in his life until like what a few years ago. So very, very interesting. A lot of people thought he was what the best pass protector in the draft. And uh, the guy can't the guy can't get in the field. So that's uh that, that's my rapid fire takes. Another rapid fire question I'll give to you before we get to the last topic here. Over under seven wins for the Eagles. 17 game schedule makes that tough. Yeah, I seven. Think I think it's the right number. I'm going to go under. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to go under. Uh, and I think that that number gets some benefit of the bad division doubt. Dallas, uh, Giants, Washington, yep. none really conceivably as contenders. But the problem is, I don't think they can outscore Dallas because Dallas is an elite offense. And I don't think they can score on the Giants or the football team because I think the football team has an elite defense. I think the Giants are going to get there. I've, I'm really big on the Giants defense this year as a, as a unit that emerges. Mm-hmm. The Eagles – to have some elite position groups, offensive line, defense line, but they don't have an elite unit. I think they got clear problems on the offense in the passing game and clear problems in the defense in the pass defense. Uh, Not ideal for the 21st century of the NFL, by the way. So to me, even when they play those bad teams in their bad division, they still are going to have problems dealing with the strengths of those teams because they don't really have an elite unit to hang their hat on uh so to me i'm under seven wins on the eagles i think they are competitive i think they're in a lot of games but young teams often don't win those games late Uh, i think that they uh get some momentum late in the season they'll probably like win you know like three of their last five or something right right? that would be great yeah yeah Yeah. and, and they'll be like we can build on this which is like true it's a little bit happy but it's true um, but yeah, I would generally lean the under on the seven wins, and maybe that's just because I watch Spencer Rattler highlights, and they just make me happy, and I want to have him, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> I tuned into Spencer Rattler, and the first one was a pick, and I was Dun- like,
2: oh, mother, <laughs> no, just listen, 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 listen. Listen, listen, listen. He's just like, he's like 15% knucklehead right now, and if we can just get him down to like, like 5%, 5%, 5%, 10, 8% knucklehead. <laughs> We're golden All He's right, exciting,
1: so, man. They, I'd, I'd have fun watching him for sure, whether he's man. good or not.
2: <laughs> the ball comes off his hand like it was preordained by God to do exactly that. It's really quite something. Um, I can I give you one quick, uh, also rapid fire tape? Yeah. This season, so decreed, Brandon Graham gets double digit sets.
1: Finally, please. Please. There's
2: an extra game.
1: Yes it's perfectly set up for him, right
2: they're going to run like that tight front stuff right they're going to yep. put like von hargrave over the nose fletch uh, uh, in between the guard and the tackle milton williams into the guard and the tackle or Derp or whatever and then brandon graham's going to be your one designated pass rusher wide 9 alignment all right he's going to get one-on-one reps with tackles he's going to clean up some stuff he's going to get 10.5 sacks he's going to go in the eagles ring of fame he's going to smile it smells my heart every single time i love him though.
1: boom okay Ben, before the break, I mentioned somebody said some mean things. I think I'll refresh your memory here, and I and I want to kind of respond to them. Adam Kaplan basically berating beat reporters um, on Inside the Bird. I I think it was I think it was about BLG and Jimmy kemsky saying they uh-huh. don't know what they're looking at when it came to Travis Fulgham's practice because those guys were a his practice, and he's saying, "Hey, Travis Fulgham actually had a really good practice. Those guys don't know what they're talking about." People this is a uh, uh, current free
2: agent Travis Fulgham.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Yes, he wasn't. He he did not, in fact, stick on the on the roster. And 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 look, that's not even not even not even like the the point. The point was, and like he didn't name these our our guys specifically, right? But me personally, I'm not going to throw shade and hide behind generalities like a coward, right? If I got a problem with somebody, they're going to know it. So if Kaplan hears this, why
2: why did you bring me on this podcast? Why did you doing this? You just put me in the sidecar and taking on this journey.
1: You're with me with this if i'm saying it it's coming out of your mouth too so Listen, enjoy it.
2: <laughs> i would have known what kaplan said on his podcast if i listened to it ever
1: <laughs> and maybe kaplan listens to ours and if and if kaplan hears this right and he has a problem and we see each other in mobile or in Indy or in vegas and he wants to speak face to face about it we can have a conversation like adults but he's going to know this is about him there's going to be like no confusion that this is about him. That's how that's supposed to go, right? Name somebody if you really got a problem with it. I'm not going to be a coward and say, oh, well, these, be, these people I won't name get laughed at by people within the organization because the same people mm-hmm. smiling in your face are pulling the same deal with you behind your back. And if you're too blind right. to see that, you're a sucker.
2: Real quick, if people are laughing – about like firstly my job is to laugh at the organization i do a lot like be perfectly fine comeuppance and i would very much expect that people in the organization like laugh at BGN radio takes because let's be honest that's what we do to y'all every single week right. i also would find my opportunities to laugh back i don't really care too much about what the uh the people in the building think about my takes because they're not for them they're for the fans
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And we're not scouts or GMs or anything like that. And to be frank, I've never gone to like Kaplan for like X and O breakdowns or scouting reports or anything like that. The guy just the guy talks with coaches. That's a, who, and, and then he regurgitates it. We hear it all the time. So what? You get to carry water for people. I don't care. Right. And Kaplan could have been making a great point surrounding that speech, even if it wasn't ultimately wrong about Foga. Maybe he did have a really great, great practice. It doesn't matter. It's just because he took that opportunity to try to tear other people down to build himself up. And there is, there is enough room and space in this market for everybody. Like th- this, this market, these fans, they are rabid. They are hardcore. They consume everything. There is room for inside the birds. There is room for bird with friends. History has shown that it's not taking anything off my plate, off Ben's plate, off BLG's plate, off nobody's plate. I don't lose my house if 94WIP has an Eagles podcast. I don't have to gatekeep anybody. I don't care. Do it. Well, we'll we'll do it better. We'll do it bigger, just like we always have. But like, go for it. Right. I love a little competition. Hell, I'll even shout the name of your podcast out on this podcast and give you some pre- free pub on the highest rated, most downloaded Eagles podcast there is. That That's that's what bothers me about it. You don't have to do all that extra stuff. And if you've got a problem with somebody, tell them what's up if you can't help but speak on it. I mean half the tight relationship that I have in this business started out with conflict but back when I was on Twitter like that. <laughs> I don't that's hide that's very true. I don't hide from anybody and I'm not going to do it now and and look I've argued with other Eagles and beasts before and we've had back and forth but there, there's always a respect there. And I'm never never talking behind their back. I don't believe in that crap. So like just chill, Adam, all right? Listen, folks. Adam. <laughs> we don't have to do this, right? We don't have to do this. No hard feelings, Adam.
2: I love you. <laughs> cannot believe you brought me on this podcast. (laughs) 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 Why? You know, this makes me uncomfortable. Ben,
1: say Um, goodbye to the gentle listeners. It's about that time.
2: Hey, listen, thank you as always, as weekly, daily, (laughs) joining us in the Kiss and Song show on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. I just ended the first show that I'm the official host of for the ringer. And I ended it with thank you so much for swinging by. I was like, Oh, man, everything (laughs) is the same. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much for staying by we do appreciate it uh as mike said and i, I won't bear to repeat it because I, i'm not in tune enough with the feed and with the new folks to correctly communicate the schedule so please as you are continuing to listen to BGN radio which if memory serves is the biggest and the best uh most downloaded eagles podcast on the market uh back at the top of the show mike walked through what, what the new schedule in season will be now that we've had some of the staffing changes so please catch on to that make sure you follow all those folks on social because uh, BGN Radio is a family and even as uh, you know, some of us move further away, uh, we're still part of that gang. We're happy to bring new people into it as well and coach them up and to be doing the awesome job that you guys expect whenever you come in onto the feed. So thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio, uh, a feed of which I will always be the biggest fan and proponent, even if the color green I'm rocking is a little different now than it once was back then. Uh, we love you guys so much. It's, it's such a good feed and uh, yeah, I'm excited for this Eagles season. Go birds, fly, Eagles fly, things of that nature.
1: We all we got. We all we need, Fly Eagles Fly.